0: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks all about all things money. I'm obviously not Heather Kelly. My name is Andy Farnsworth, and I host another show on KSL Podcasts, but Heather is taking some much-needed and well-deserved time off, and she's asked me to host this episode, which is sponsored by Comcast. And the reason we couldn't wait until Heather gets back is because I have a special guest with me in studio today, all the way from Philadelphia, the chief network officer for Comcast, the global media and technology company. I'm sure you've heard of them. Elad Nafshi. Now you may not have heard of Elad, but you've heard of Comcast. <laughs> First of all, Elad, welcome to Money Making Sense and thanks to Comcast for sponsoring this episode.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Well, so tell
0: us why you've come all the way to Salt Lake City in person today, other than obviously the beautiful snowy weather and dark
1: gray skies. I I, I want to say that I've planned for it, but I landed yesterday and found that it's snowing. So uh, <laughs> absolutely no planning there. Um, It is a very exciting week for us uh, on a couple of occasions. You know, first, we're happy to announce the network upgrade here in Salt Lake, or the greater Salt Lake area, uh, where we're bringing, um, uh, for the very first time, multiple gig services uh, over our network upgrade, which we're very, very excited to uh, roll out here. And in addition to that, we had a very exciting uh, announcement uh, yesterday where we, for the very first time, have launched the next generation of 10 gig services uh, in the uh, greater Philadelphia area to the very first live customer, which is a major milestone for us. So
0: somebody in Philadelphia right now is actually getting 10 gig speeds on their Internet.
1: And, And the really transformational piece about that is that all of that is really a progression, which we call the path to 10G, over a vastly upgraded, brilliant network that we're rolling out everywhere, uh, including here in Salt Lake City.
0: Okay, so now you said the path to 10G. Now, let's clear this up for people who may be confused by hearing that term because everybody, I'm sure, has heard the term 5G. This is the term 10G, and there's been confusion just among, you know, average people like myself over the years. Whereas when we're talking about mobile companies like Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, when they say the word 5G, they're talking 5th gen. So this is the fifth generation of technology. It doesn't necessarily have to do with a measured speed. But when we talk about 10G, even though it sounds like a progression from 5G, we actually are talking about a measured speed.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Okay. Now, I would say, and I don't know, do you have the numbers for how many Comcast customers in Salt Lake are currently getting one gig speeds.
1: So one gig speeds are available to every customer across our footprint. Uh, and because so, I don't have it yet. Well then we need and to I upgrade I feel like you. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to take your order as soon as we're done here. Awesome.
0: <laughs> and I will, say, I will say this, this is just shameless, Comcast customer service has improved leaps and bounds over the last ten or fifteen years, because that was actually why I quit Comcast in the early two thousands. But uh, when I came back a few years ago, I've been very much impressed by the interaction with the customer. And, and I'm very
1: pleased to uh, to hear you say that uh, because we do try so very hard uh, to do that. In fact, a big part of the road to ten G, because we're talking about speeds that are so fast, um, um, the more important piece of it, at least in my mind is how are we making the network even more reliable? How are we making the services even more relevant to the consumer? Uh, And that's really what this technology enables us to do.
0: So when we're talking about increased upload speeds,
1: why have speeds been so throttled in the past? So when you look at the cable network historically, uh, the cable network was built as a one-way network. Oh, it
0: was meant to be download only. That's right. And I did not know that.
1: And when Comcast launched high speed data services over 20 years ago, was really the first time where we needed upstream speeds. Okay. okay. And we launched additional services like video on demand, which relied on the uh, the upstream capabilities and telephony. But that was
0: upstream for you guys, though, right? It wouldn't be upstream for the customer. It would be
1: the same, you know, from a frequency standpoint. Okay. okay? Um, And uh, the the throttling is really around how many frequencies on the network we're able to bond together in order to send up upstream services. What this network upgrade enables us to do is effectively triple the amount of upstream capacity that we have, and that's why we're able to increase uh, the upstream speeds by anywhere between 5-folds and 10-folds, depending on the tier of service that you previously had.
0: Well, and upload speeds, you know, I think everybody understands download speeds. You know, that's how fast you can stream a movie that you're watching or, uh, you know, or audio that you're listening to or things like that. But uh, I think until... Uh, you don't think about your upload speeds until you're doing one of, uh, one of two things. You're either uh, trying to upload a file like for work or you've had to work, and especially if it's a video file, something that has to go from your computer to the cloud or to somebody else's machine. That's when you notice how long something takes. Or, and this is one that hits me home, if you're a gamer and you're trying to play and then you notice when you're trying to play against someone online Your controls aren't as responsive as they are when you're playing against, you know, the computer on your own machine. That's
1: actually not speed. That's something called latency. Really? And latency is the bit efficiency of delivery. Okay, so think about it this way. The remote control, you know, um, commands that you send up uh, as you're gaming are very quick very quick uh, bursts of data upstream. Okay. And so when that happens, it's actually more important to be able to send and receive those very short bursts versus uh, raw speed. Uh, And in fact, the path to 10G... I have heard
0: the word latency, but I didn't realize that's how it fit when it came to upload speed. Totally. And
1: the good news is that on our path to 10G, not only are we massively increasing our uh, capability speed-wise, but we're also significantly improving our latency overall in something called latency under load. And latency under load is if you were the only person in your home gaming... Uh, that'd be one thing. But you could have another uh, spouse or a family member watching Netflix while you do it and bits are bits. Right. How do you know or how can you guarantee that the gaming bits get there regardless? And that's what we're working through.
0: Okay. So how I mean how's that how how do you come up with a resolution for that? Is it without making some kind of significant infrastructure upgrade.
1: Um, So we're making the significant infrastructure upgrade as part (laughs) of the, uh, the network upgrade, but it's really around software. It's how do we innovate to the speed of software, and our software is intelligent enough to identify gaming bits to be able to prioritize and send those to where they need to get to.
0: So the NBA 2K servers, I got it. That's what I need. So I need to figure that out at home. You, too. you know,
1: I uh, I I have four boys, uh, and I think you, you'll relate to it. You know, you get they get to an age where they're better than you. And, I've tried
0: to prevent that with my 20 year old son.
1: Yeah, and uh, and and that that's a humbling moment. Uh, and I blame latency for it. And now the excuse goes away.
0: <laughs> Except for you were blaming latency when you were playing them offline, that's right? Right. <laughs> All right so. Ten gig. So right now, what uh, we're not looking at ten gig speeds coming to Salt Lake City immediately. Is that correct? So we have
1: uh, two gig uh, services that we're launching. Two gig. That's double what that. That's exactly right. Uh, And you know that's launching as we speak across the uh, the greater Salt Lake City area, and the multiple gig symmetrical services. The real full ten G is something that we're still developing, Uh, and in uh, uh, the second half of twenty three, we're looking to start rolling out nationally.
0: So it's not going to be like two gig this year and then maybe five gig next year and then eventually 10? Is it going to go from two to 10 or is it going to be like a, 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 an incremental increase?
1: Um, we're still working through you know, what the product construct would be. Uh, we want to make sure that we're bringing the right products to the right consumers and that's what we're working through right now.
0: And how do you decide that
1: uh it 's really around you know where the services are required and how they 're required, for example, business services are going to be different than residential customers. Uh, is there really anything on a residential side that would take advantage of it versus on a business side which Even you, know, with you people could, working from home more now than they have um so you can actually get ten video concurrent streams, ten teams uh zoom, webex, what have you on a fifty megabits per second. Uh, internet speed and be able to do that today.
0: Really? Yes. Okay, well, because I do I do get, I think sometimes I can get up to 120 megabit speeds at home. Sometimes. Well, according to speedtest.net, I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, that's what I've seen. But, I, I oh, man, I've thought about Gig and having my uploads be as fast as my downloads. You,
1: you, should, you should check us out. <sighs> but can I afford it? That's the question. Of course you could. Well, of course you say that, but... Um, the, 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 there's a, uh, there's several things here that really come into play. First of all, Comcast has doubled our internet speed every 12 to 18 months for many years now. that's no also cost. one of the reasons
0: why I'm a customer and no longer for the other competing and, local and, market And, you know, provider. we
1: just did that again this, uh, this summer, uh and, uh, and, the path to 10G really enables us to continue to do that as, uh, the, uh, network uh, becomes even better, even more reliable and even faster.
0: Okay. So a pretty significant upgrade in speeds, but then we we talked, or at least we mentioned infrastructure. What kind of infrastructure? Are you going to need to lay more fiber optic lines in the ground, or do you have to upgrade new equipment into the customer's homes or businesses, or what will that
1: require? Yeah, and that's really the beauty of our network upgrade. Um, We've been working over the past five years on... Um, what we call platform network virtualization. And really what it means is that, you know, deploy the bleeding edge Intel-based hardware with Comcast software innovation running on top of it. No, now you're
0: talking Intel is the hardware portion, the, That's right. the actual chips and physical machines. For people who don't understand the cloud, the cloud isn't actually the cloud in the air. Your data is not just going into the air. <laughs> Internet is a computer talking to another computer, whether that computer's in Philadelphia or whether it's in your house or whether it goes from your house to North Carolina through a computer in Philadelphia. That, I think that's something that maybe people who are newer to the Internet don't quite understand. So when you say the cloud, it doesn't mean it's going into the air. It's going to somebody's machine somewhere, and it might be um, uh, what they call a server farm, which is essentially a warehouse with like a 5,000 computers in it that are just a bunch of hard drives and processors. So – when we talk about the hardware side, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly right. And the right. software side is the thing that runs on the hardware in order to, you know, process that that's what your Windows software versus your actual physical machine box. That's, that's just exactly to help right. like the, the basic understanding. No, of you things.
1: did a great job there. Um, and so now what we're able to do, and by the way, those servers sit right here in Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, and that's how we're able to serve those speeds um, uh, in the low latency um, um, uh, to our customers here. And what uh, we're now able to do is with that virtualized uh, architecture, with new generation of digital optics, feeding... Uh, the individual neighborhoods here across the footprint were able to deliver the compute power further down, closer to our customers, and that's really the technology that we're relying on. So it doesn't have it. to be
0: done in Philadelphia. It can be done here in Salt Lake. It absolutely the, is not okay. being done in Philadelphia. <laughs> I just wondered why everybody's power bill was so high in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know? I just assumed it was all the Comcast servers.
1: It, it's just a better football team. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> There
0: you go. Could you harness the sound from the stadium to turn it into energy? Because I feel like that would be a really good thing. Um, How is it then that uh, without like – what kind of infrastructure upgrades are we talking? Are you going to have to lay more fiber optic cable? Do you have to use a different kind than is currently being used? And when I say fiber optic cable, for those who don't understand, you know, you think of your cable coming in on a little copper wire that comes into your cable box and you turn that in. And data can be transferred pretty fast over that, which is why it was used. But uh, the underground portion where the data really speeds up is when they use glass, essentially glass, inside the cable. And that can transmit data so much faster because it's light, essentially. So it can travel at the speed of light as opposed to whatever you had with the the cable. So when you think about Internet, you got to think – sorry, I know this is very basic for you, but I'm just kind of going for – I'm thinking of – Some of my parents and grandparents, who I've tried to explain this to before, but you got your, your, when you think of water, you got a huge giant pipe that gets the water to everybody in your neighborhood. Then you got a smaller pipe that goes to your house because you don't need that giant pipe going into your house. And then it splits it up in all the smaller pipes to go to your faucet. So you could have 50 million gallons going to your neighborhood and you could have 1 million gallons going to your house, but by the time it gets to your hands, it's coming out at like a quart you know, every 10, 20 seconds. So the internet, there's a, there's a similar function to that is if you've got fiber optic that runs right into your machine, you're going to have the fastest internet in the world. But at some point it's going to split off onto something else. And that's where some of the slower speeds come in.
1: Am I so, wrong or am I right? Or am I close? Um, you're close, but let me, okay. let me correct you on a couple of things. Thank you. Um, so the the path to ten G enables us to deliver ten gigabits over the coaxial cable, and oh, so the copper okay. is actually as fast as the uh, you know the uh, the fiber really, uh, and in many cases even faster uh, because of a whole bunch of you know optical technical combining. Stuff. yes <laughs> okay. which we'll get into, right. um, but you know what the. Um, the upgrade process really enables us to do, right, is to remove some of the bottlenecks that we have from a technology standpoint and really rely on... The like your home greatest. router? Uh, well, the home router is one of those things that um, uh, would the key benefits that we're bringing to customers is a new generation of home gateways that employ the latest and greatest Wi-Fi technology. It's called Wi-Fi 6E, And what that enables you to do is not only get those multi-gig speeds, but you're able to get that everywhere across your home because it creates the, uh, the best Wi-Fi experience within the home. So you don't have dead spots in a home, and, you know, mm-hmm. I can get it in my living room, but not in my upstairs bedroom or not in my downstairs best, uh, basement, et cetera. Our uh, gateway devices with the Wi-Fi 6E and enables you to get it everywhere.
0: And that was something that I learned the hard way uh, when I finally upgraded to some higher speeds, even through Comcast, was I had a router that was called a 10 which meant that the fastest speed I could get was not the fastest speed that was coming into my house. So I was the one with the little tiny pipe coming off the big giant pipe, uh, and I was expecting the bigger pipe. So then when I bought one that was a, a 10, 100, 1 gig, then I was finally able to get the speeds that were coming in. And so I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain that there's a lot of people who don't realize that if they feel like they're getting slow internet at their house, especially if they're on a, an iPad or a, or a phone or something, it might not be your phone. And it might not be your internet. It might be the the spreader of it. Essentially, your, your fertilizer.
1: That's exactly right. Although most frequently, it's actually the device you're using. Really? Yes, because um, a lot of consumers don't understand now that. I didn't see. Look, I'm learning stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of consumers don't understand that if you're using a, an iPhone six, you're not going to be able to get a gigabit uh, service you, because you it was just, never designed to handle that in the first exactly place. Right. Okay, uh, and it's the actual Wi-Fi chip limitation within the device. Uh, that your router might ah, be just yeah. fine, but the actual device is limited with what it could absorb from the, uh, mm, that makes from the distribution. Uh, okay. And so to get these multiple gigabit speeds...
0: You need- so when you get this speed and you're like, why isn't my iPhone doing this faster? It might just be because your iPhone's a little older and it's not just some trick by Apple to try to make you buy a new iPhone. It's just that like when they milked this device four years ago, that was as fast as it went. That's exactly right. Okay, see? Not everything is evil. <laughs> Sometimes it's just how things progress. I think that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so uh, here's another question. And this was one that uh, Heather actually wanted me to ask and, and I agreed with is with Comcast being a publicly traded company that answers to shareholders, how are you going to cover costs for an upgrade like this? Does it come from like a government subsidy or tax benefit that you guys offset the cost with? Or is it going to be like Comcast customers in the form of higher fees and, and just overall rate increases. So essentially who's going to pay for the you know nothing nothing's free unfortunately but it, somebody's going to have to pay for the infrastructure upgrades. How is that paid for?
1: Yeah, so let me take a step back and talk about the Comcast network in general. Okay. Okay. It's really big. Right? It covers or it connects over 60 million homes across the US. It's a combination of over a million miles of fiber and coaxial network. Most of That's it is a lot. fiber. Huge. Right. And just to put that in perspective, uh, prior to the pandemic and now post the pandemic, we needed to double our capacity every two and a half years. So think about, you know, the fact that Comcast has been in high speed data business for over 20 years now. Right. In the next two years, I need to double the capacity that it took me 20 some years to build.
0: That's kind of like the what's that thing where the chip Speed has to increase. Moore's Law. Yes. Right? Moore's Law. And yeah. so, and by the way, that's, that's for the case for, for the virtualization. That's exactly right. Okay.
1: Now, um, so how do we do that? Um, well, we invest a lot of money in it. And uh, I, I can't disclose the 2022 numbers yet, right? It's not okay. full year. But uh, up to 2021, from 2017 to 2021, we spent over $20 billion of investment into the network. In 2021 alone, that was $4.2 billion. Okay. okay. Not I, an
0: insignificant amount. No,
1: not an insignificant amount. And so the company has invested and continues to invest heavily into the network because we want to make sure that the network will always scale to the services and to the level that our customers need, whether you're a business customer to continue to grow your business, whether you're a residential customer that you want to continue to be entertained, the network will always be there. The best example that I can give you is during covid Okay, so March 13th, that was a Friday of 2020. We all went home.
0: I remember it well.
1: Yeah, sadly, so do I. Um, And, you know, we never build the network to be able to uh, sustain the fact that we all go home and we all jump on Zoom and Teams and WebEx and we don't leave for two years. (laughs) And Netflix. And we don't leave for two years. Um, And what we saw during those first two weeks of the pandemic is three years worth of capacity growth in two weeks. So how do we deal with that? Uh, And, you know, obviously we have incredible women and men here in the greater um, Salt Lake City area, which are busy to deploy additional capacity all day, every day. But you can only go so fast with the physical capacity. And this is where Comcast Innovation really comes in. We build a platform, an AI driven platform called Octave that is able to optimize the connection down to your home versus my home. We're both Comcast customers. But guess what? I actually have a big cell tower right behind my home. That the signal that it um, mediates from the, uh, the tower may interfere with my services. And so. Wait, your cell
0: services or your Comcast services? Uh, my
1: Comcast services. Okay. Um, if not every connector is tightened up, that signal might bleed into the network and cause interferences. Okay. And so we're able to detect that looking at 4,000 different data points across 50 million connected devices across our network. And every 20 minutes, we have an artificial intelligent agent that is able to tweak the bit delivery to account for all those external network conditions. And so doing that, during the pandemic, we were able to increase our upstream capacity by 45% by sheer Hmm. Comcast innovation and launch that across the footprint Uh, And that's how the path to 10G is really laid out, too.
0: Then here's a weird question. Did the pandemic accelerate the path to 10G?
1: Uh, In many ways, it has.
0: Just because it forced you to look at things at a a faster timetable than you would? I mean, three years worth of growth in two weeks— that I w- I'm guessing that's never happened before. <laughs> not, not yet, not yet, and
1: hopefully never again. Never again, right? Um, I think we we all had enough to, uh, you know, enough time in our homes. Um, the, in many ways, it has. But in also many ways, it's really a combination of a lot of technologies that have come together. You mentioned Moore's Law, compute power that enables us to, uh, to deploy this type of innovation in great scale, digital optics, which really come to terms in terms of the uh, the price point and the scalability of that, uh, and then the in-home Wi-Fi distribution that can actually take advantage of this, uh, really all coming together to enable the, the path of 10G.
0: This is a lot of things to think about. Um... And I actually, if I understand what you were saying, so is this is this something, so I'm, I'm Joe customer who just wants to pay the least amount for internet at the fastest speeds as possible. I mean, that's like a natural human thought. From what you've described, it sounds to me like one of the things that we as a customer need to understand is that um, there's going to be costs. And if you want to be able to have it work the way you want it to work, then it's got to come from somewhere, and money doesn't appear magically, so you're going to have to help pay for – but I mean like fees go up almost yearly, at least mine have. Uh, but the, like, would it help me to just think like, look, I want to pay the least amount as possible, but I'm going to have to pay a certain amount. No matter what, if I want to have what I want, which is good speeds, reliable service, and, and I want better upload speeds. But it sounds like I'm getting closer to having that. Oh, that totally. That's good to know.
1: Um, so here's what I would say. The spend, um, and I talked about the multi-billion dollar you know, spend that we're, uh, we're doing right. before, um, you know, continues and is built into our um, capital intensity. In other words, we're not increasing our capital intensity in order to go so through to So explain the capital intensity? Capital intensity is effectively... Um, how much capex are we spending as it relates to the total revenues of the company? Okay, okay. Um, and that's, so your
0: costs versus your income.
1: That's right. Okay, and so that's already built into our operating plan, and you know we're not um, um, we're not increasing that uh, intensity level. Okay? okay. Now all that of- should
0: be good news for the the the. The end customer,
1: uh, and also for shareholders, and, and also to uh, you know to the uh, to the market at large, because what we're able to do is a really cost-effective way of upgrading to the path of ten G, right? Without needing to spend tens of billions of dollars, like some of the telcos do, that build the right side of the street or the left side of the street, mm. the better side of town, etc. This technology will go everywhere across our footprint.
0: So then what is the rollout process actually going to look like for local customers then? How how is that going to – is there going to be a big disruption? Should customers near Salt Lake expect it first while those who live more physically distant from the main hub expect to see it in like a few years? Because that's that's how it felt like one gig rolled out was near the hub. You got one gig and as long as you could build the one gig infrastructure, I I assume that that was fiber optic cable versus what was being used before. I don't know that, but – because I live out in the corner of this Salt Lake Valley, it actually is and not. it took forever to get out there. It took uh, forever to get out there. They're like, we'll send you an email when one gig spids are available in your area. And I just, I didn't know what was holding it up.
1: Um, so it's not, you know, fiber construction at all. Again, you know, we're able to do that over our coaxial cable. Um, it's really around the speed by which we could roll out the electronics that are required in order to be able to do that. Uh, each and every one of you know what we call a node, which is uh, just a uh, local okay. aggregation Nodes. point. Okay,
0: so you've got the big hub in Salt Lake, but then you're building smaller splitter points in different parts physically in Utah, whether it's in the Salt Lake Valley or outside the, the valley.
1: And and those okay. are the units that need to be physically upgraded. Okay, uh, and that's what our technicians are working very hard to roll out everywhere. Um, We announced that uh, the network upgrade is ongoing in 34 different markets across the the company and that the vast majority of the network will be upgraded by 2025.
0: Why did you pick Salt Lake?
1: How could we not?
0: Well, first of all, I love that answer. (laughs) Is there something about Utah? I mean, I know we do have... At least, if I understand right, a pretty good reputation technology wise around the country is is in built in technology usage and base user understanding kind of a thing. Um,
1: a uh, a great growing community uh, with a vibrant you know business community that continues to grow, um, and, and you know we felt that you know this is a great community that would really benefit from the network upgrade as we're going everywhere. Now again, this will roll out everywhere. Uh, It's rolling out to 33 other markets as we speak.
0: But you came to Salt Lake City, which
1: makes me happy. Um, I'm very happy to be here. If it it just didn't have to snow today, that would be even better.
0: So if you were to say right now, if you had to guess right now, maybe you know, maybe you don't know. When do you think me out in the southwest corner of the Salt Lake Valley, when will I have the ability to have 10 gig speeds at my house? If you had to guess right now, today Um, being December, 2022.
1: I would say that over the next several years, uh, the multi-gig symmetrical services will be available everywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know- we'll, my house. We'll, we'll, we'll put <laughs> you at the kid. front of the list then. Yes. See, that's why you do these interviews, <laughs> is to get perks like- No. But
0: so, but within, would you say within a decade? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you said years, so I was just wondering. Um, Long before that. Long before a decade. Okay. That's awesome. Well, a lot enough, she, Comcast Headquarters Chief Network Officer, thank you very much for your time today. And where's a place that people can go if they want more information about this?
1: Uh, Everything is available on our website. You could read all about our path to 10G and all the exciting technology and the great work that occurs across the company uh, between the corporate headquarters, the the regional division, and the, uh, the local offices here that all come together to bring this incredible technology to market. And I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it, and I couldn't be happier to be with you to talk about it today. Well, thank you so much.
0: I uh, poked around on the 10G website. It's actually, first of all, it's very well designed, and it's kind of fun. At one point, it takes you through your house. Like, this is what the future of 10G looks like, and I got to say, it felt like watching a future movie. Oh, in the bedroom, your bed will automatically adjust your body temperature, and I was like, Oh, man what are, this is amazing stuff and so uh have a look at the future by going to uh, utah.comcast.com uh, and it'll there's some external links to the 10g website uh one thing that uh, i noticed in the prep notes is that this is not just comcast that's working on the path to 10g which uh you know it, it's actually a, a conglomeration of uh tech and media companies like yourself to Because everybody's going to need this, whether they're a Comcast customer or not. And so we all benefit from everybody working together on stuff like that. Absolutely,
1: and you will only get the best if you're a Comcast customer.
0: I like to hear that. All right, utah.comcast.com to learn more about 10G and getting faster Internet speeds from Comcast at your home or place of work. For Heather Kelly, I'm Andy Farnsworth. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at
1: ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode.
0: Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener follow your common sense on the social media money making sense on Facebook Twitter and Instagram